0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Epiphany Savior, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. The message for today, the 12th day of Christmas, the Feast of the Epiphany, rises up out of that Gospel reading read just now from Matthew chapter 2. Please be seated. So the world around us has long since moved on from Christmas, right? The new year is here, guests have all returned home again, or maybe we've returned home from being guests. Holiday decorations have been or soon will be taken down and Christmas carols stop being played after Christmas Day. And yet here we are still singing those same Christmas carols those beloved songs of this season on this first Sunday in the new year. The question is not just when Christmas begins, but when does it end? And more and more, it seems Christmas does not begin on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, but it begins the first of December. It's the whole month of December. And if we're honest with ourselves, it starts even before that. And so because of this, it can be really challenging to sustain the holiday all the way through what we call the 12 days of Christmas up until this 12th and final day of Christmas, which is today, January 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany. And so in some respects, we are rather countercultural. When the rest of the world has moved on to the next new and shiny thing, the body of Christ continues to rejoice in and celebrate the gift of all gifts, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So on this final day of the Christmas season, the Feast of the Epiphany, we remember and give thanks to God for bringing those first Gentile visitors the wise men being led by a star to come and worship Jesus, offering him their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Our Advent Christmas preaching series, Who is Jesus? concludes today as we focus on Jesus as the son of heaven. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word, for Jesus' sake. The birth of the Son of Heaven was heralded by a star of heaven. But what do we know about that wondrous star? What do we know about those mysterious visitors from the East and the exotic gifts which they brought? We know the wise men were indeed the first Gentiles to come and worship Jesus. Epiphany is sometimes called the Gentiles Christmas. And tradition tells us that there were three wise men, but that's based only on the number of gifts which they brought, gold and frankincense and myrrh. But in the ancient world, frankincense itself was a more valuable commodity than gold even. And so we can be pretty sure that it wasn't just the wise men who showed up but a whole retinue with them of armed guards and servants, a whole caravan. So you can imagine the wonder and astonishment when Mary and Joseph looked out their front door and saw this whole train of people out there wondering what in the world was going on. Tradition tells us that there were three of these wise men and that they came from three different parts of the world, the Far East, the Middle East, and the West, which would have been Europe, and that they were of three different ages, youth, prime, and old age, and that their names were Balthazar, Caspar, and Melchior. We can't prove any of this, of course. We don't know where they came from. We don't know how many there were. We don't know what their names were. But what we do know is that these wise men were learned, wealthy, influential people who came from the royal courts of Persia and Babylon in what today would be Iraq and Iran. They studied the stars and the heavenly bodies in addition to many other disciplines because they believed the course of human affairs were influenced by these heavenly bodies so how is it then that these visitors from the east came to know of the promised king of the jews that too is uncertain but it may well be that when god's people were exiled from jerusalem and judea to babylon beginning in 596 bc that the Hebrew scriptures and the promise of a long-awaited Messiah would have become known to these wise men. The magi, the wise men, recognized that something of extraordinary importance had taken place, heralded by the star of heaven. They traveled an amazingly great distance For that period in time, literally hundreds of miles across inhospitable terrain in order to come in person, in order to see with their own eyes this Son of Heaven as this artwork depicts. Dr. Paul Meyer, in his nearly 50-year-old book, First Christmas, writes this, the following then is a possible astronomical reconstruction of what happened that first Christmas. The conjunctions of Jupiter, the planet of kings, and Saturn, known as the shield or defender of Palestine in seven and six BC, alerted the magi to important developments in Palestine for the astrological significance closely paralleled what they had learned from Hebrew lore about a star heralding the expected Messiah. The comet of 5 BC dramatically underscored this interpretation and likely sent them on their way. While it was a comet or Nova of 4 BC, which appeared after they had reached Jerusalem and asking further information from Herod. We don't know for sure that this is how it all happened. These astronomical records come from China rather than the Middle East, but they do align. At the end of the day, we don't know how it all happened. We do know that it did happen. And we trust that God orchestrated all of this in an amazing and marvelous way. The wise men recognized all of this. They went to great lengths to come and worship the Son of Heaven. The question is, do we Will we, or are our modern lives so overtaken by stress and pressure and anxiety of daily living that we do not see the forest for the trees? And so my friends, it is for this very reason that we hold on to Christmas, not just in the season of Christmas, but throughout the entire year. You see, Jesus, the Son of Heaven, came into our world fractured, broken, marred by sin in order to recreate us. Jesus came into our world to redeem and restore the image of God within us to pay the price of our bankrupted experiment of life and set us free Truly free, free not to serve selfish pursuits that lead only to disappointment and ultimately to death, but free to love and serve this Son of Heaven, like we said in the opening confession of sins, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Not begrudgingly, not because we have to, but we want to, we are moved to, to love and serve this Son of Heaven with our whole heart and mind and spirit. Nothing short of a new creation is going to do. And all of this Jesus has done for us not with gold or silver or frankincense and myrrh, but with his holy precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death. You see, there is a direct connection between the wood of the manger and the wood of the cross. This is why Jesus was born, to give his life for you and for me to die upon the cross. So how will the world around us then know what took place so long ago in Bethlehem? How will they know of Christmas? How will they know of Jesus' revelation to not just the Jewish world, but the Gentile world to all people? How will people know of Christmas and Epiphany of suffering and death and resurrection of Jesus except they see that through our words, and through our actions. If people are going to know what Christmas really means, they need to see it lived out in each of our lives. The gentleman you see before you is a picture of Dr. Howard Thurman. He lived from 1899 to 19. He was an African-American philosopher, author, theologian, and civil rights leader. And he wrote a poem entitled, The Work of Christmas. I share it with you now. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all, to make music in the heart. I love that poem. After this service, all of these beautiful decorations, the garland, the wreaths, the tree, the decorations, it all comes down and our sanctuary and Narthex look pretty naked and bare after it's all removed. But that's when the work of Christmas begins in your life and in mine, that people in the world around us, people for whom Jesus shed his blood and gave his life, people who don't even know who Jesus is, that they would know that he was born for them. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us this is our Christmas calling this is our epiphany experience as Jesus the Son of heaven came to love and to serve us not to be served but to serve to wash the feet of his disciples so are we to do we are to love and serve all people without regard to race or gender or socioeconomic status or or any other distinction, how can we who have received so much from the Son of Heaven do anything less? At the beginning of this new year with the days and weeks and months of 2019 stretching out ahead of us, I believe it's important for us to remember that the work of Christmas is only today. Yesterday is done, we cannot relive it. Tomorrow is not here, it is only a dream at this point. All any of us has is today to do the work of Christmas, the work which the Son of Heaven has given us to do and in so doing, loving and serving others as the Son of Heaven has loved and served us, we will indeed keep Christmas the whole year long. A blessed epiphany to you. In the name of Jesus, the Son of Heaven, amen and the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen.